Welcome back. Well, I mean, you're only going to be flipping over one table because there's two here. Yeah. Hey, Bob, how are you, buddy? It would literally be the, I'm, I'm good, but it would literally be the, ha, super fucking jokes on you. Yeah, anticlimactic. All right, yes, Rem, welcome back. Thank you, man. Nice to see you. Yeah, you too. This was Dealer's Choice again, and by Dealer's Choice, I mean it was Remy's Choice. Remy decided to pick the episode today. So, Remy, what did you decide? So, me and Bob came up in a time of sex comedies. These were hard R-rated films that came out in the 80s and, and 90s that were 100% focused around fucking. And, like, generally it was nerd guy, group of guy, guys try to get laid. I was going to say, the, the main plot motif of all of these was how can I, an underage geeky guy, get laid? Get pussy. How get can I quality pop, pussy. How can I pop my cherry with the coolest, cutest girl in school? Yeah. So we're in a time right now, and this, this was the thing that gave me the idea for it. We're in a time right now where comedians are like, what can I say? They're fucking shook. Yeah. They're shook. Because there's a huge outrage culture and cancel culture and angry culture now. Karen, Chad. And even just, it, unfortunately, it's not just that anymore. It was them, and now, I think it's. I think they're evolving. It's. It's people on the internet have been given too much room to explain how they feel, and everybody thinks their points as valid as everyone else's. So, we haven't seen a sex comedy in some time, but there are certain things that are in sex comedies. Bob, what's one thing that's going to be in every sex comedy? Uh, a whole fuckload of slapstick. Yeah, there's going to be and quick jokes, quick quick hitters. There's going to be nudity. There's going to be nudity. There's going to be every joke is either just in your face sex or everything has a sexual innuendo. Like to the point where it's like you watch these films and it's, it feels like a 16-year-old who just discovered titties wrote them. It's, or it's like a 16-year-old uh, male, whether you identify or not, who just found out that something brushed up against the head of his dick. And that he liked it. It burst something yeah. into his mind. How can I expand upon this? Ooh, my hands are wonderful. Now, how can I use someone else's hands? And whether they want to or not, which we'll get into that later. Yeah, we were. And well, that's one of the things is I said, you know what, Bob? We came up in a time, and I mentioned two or three that we're going to talk about a little more in depth. I said, we came up in a time when a lot of the humor is often characters doing things that are fully illegal. Yeah, exactly. And, and the three that you... I want everyone to know the list that we could have come up with is endless. And and just so you know, Rem, I did quickly look up 80s sex comedies. So did I. And like Wikipedia by itself, it breaks it down by al alphabetizes it, which I thought was cool for Wikipedia. Yeah. But yeah, there were literally like 180 from the 80s. Yep. Yeah. But we don't need to go through 180. We don't even need to go through 10. We're going to talk about some iconic ones. Yeah. Because the, guess what? The the basic plot lines apply. Yeah. No, it's, it's universal. And we will talk about some that happened... A more in our age and a little bit closer now than back then. But it's funny because if you rewatch these things, the first thing you walk away with is, oh shit. That's the first walk away. Cause because there is. There's hindsight bias. There's well, there, bias. there's no, it's bad. Like there's sexual assault that's veiled as for comedy or for entertainment. Yeah. There's rape, there's drugging, there is... There is illegal voyeurism. Oh, yeah. this mm -hmm. Anything that's a crime now to do to someone else in terms there's, of sex... There's rape, there's statutory rape. So there was a time when that was sort of the basis for humor, but it shifted so much. Um, so it's interesting, I think, to look back and talk about our relationship with R-rated comedies and what we think they would... Would they have a place right now if they were done a little bit better? I don't know. There's a lot here for us to unpack. 
the Xenial Odyssey podcast, where hosts Remy and Bobby Rocks explore life for people born in the late 70s and early 1980s. Each week, they embark on expeditions exploring their analog childhoods or interview guests about navigating adulthood in a digital world. Join them on another adventure to discover what it means to be a Xenial. So, if you don't mind, I'll start out with my relationship. I was going to say, the, the floor is yours. Please. Take um, it away. Thank you, sir. So, I'm young. And I mean young. This is the 80s. I'm six or seven. My parents were, like, fucking big shots, and they got cable. And they, like, we're old. We watched cable get installed in our homes. Like, we're old. People don't realize that, especially in the 1980s, if you had premium channel that was that that was a sign of like wealth yep it was bank yeah and so my parents before my parents got divorced we were doing really well and so we had all that shit and we i remember we got the cable package which was like mtv vh1 nickelodeon and hbo and just so everyone knows this is before like uh cinemax was as widespread as it was For the porn, or, yeah. sh- or showtime it was just it was the first cable channel i, I, I love how liberally you you said porn with uh skinamax yeah that's what yeah. it was that's what yeah. it became for a whole me. lot of titties and ass yeah a lot yeah. of softcore no penetration but you can almost yeah. not tell but anyway so merkins galore yeah a lot of merkins, a lot of merkins. pubic merkins. wigs we'll talk about that yeah so um i'm young parents get that um and and me and my brother and sister kind of figure out that this hbo shit if it's later at night, can be a little um a little risque, little risque, and we would we would be constantly be told not to watch it and shit like that. So naturally, that's you, what we're gonna, gonna watch. watch. Yeah, yeah, we're gonna figure out how to do it. Don't do this. Okay. Yeah. Waiting for you to go to bed at nine. Doing it. That's it. So you sneak up around ten fifteen, and I remember I put it on. I snuck up one night, and it was a movie called Revenge of the Nerds. This is a big one. This is it's fucked because, okay, I'm getting ahead of myself. So I start watching this movie. This movie is about a group of nerds at a college who can't get accepted to fraternities because they're virgin losers. That's the thing. 80s nerds were like, with pocket protect. It was really fucking obvious and kind of corny. But so they form their own little frat. It's like the Kappa Gappa slap of my Oh, no, no. It was uh, Lambda, Lambda, Lambda. <laughs> there it is. Uh, thank you for that, um, actually. Historically, in the in the universe of Revenge of the Nerds, historically an all-black fraternity. Yeah. Across the entire country, who the um, the cha- the head chair people of, they came to visit them, and they said, you know what? They have they do have one black person, and in, 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 th- we'll let it go. Yeah. But even even if that one black person is uh, gay as fuck, is is homosexual. Yeah. Looking back, see what I'm saying? This yeah. is going to get problematic. Don't cancel us for the episode. We're telling you a story. Mm-hmm. So we're watching this, and the nerds are like, "Let's all let's get titties and shit." And so um, let's use our combined brain powers to figure out how we can get titties. Yeah, hundred percent. And there's a female sorority. It's naturally a tale as old as time. <laughs> <laughs> Song as old as rhyme. Uh, Nerds in the pussy. I, and I'm sorry Nerd. for cutting you off. No, no, that was good. So um, there's a, a sorority of all, like, the hot 80s blondes. That's the thing. If you're in an 80s movie and people think you're hot, you have high, tall hair, and you're showing your tits. I, I was going to say, everybody had the Farrah Fawcett haircut because it was still a thing then. Yeah. And... They either were trying to look like Farrah Fawcett or a young Heather Locklear. Yeah, either way, yeah, that was that's it. What, that was the look. That was it. Susan Summers, all those blondes at that time. Um, the nerds really want to kind of like get with these hot sorority girls, but they're with the jocks and the jock fraternity. 
the jock fraternity is always like beating the fuck out of the nerds and calling them losers. You've seen it before. Flipping their fucking meals in the cafeteria, mm-hmm. bullshit like that. So what's the first thing they figure out? The nerd, the first thing the nerds are like, wait, let's do it. Was it a panty raid? Was that the first thing? Yes. Okay. Was the panty raid before the cameras? Oh, no, the panty raids when they set the cameras up. Yes. See, this is that was the, That was the ruse. This is fucked up. So there were these things people would do in the 1780s called panty raids. Wow, this is going to be a great episode, mm-hmm. bro. And what guys would do is they'd get like 20 guys deep. This is real. And so I'd call Bob, and we'd call a bunch of our friends and be like, yo, let's run into the sorority without warning. Let's fucking break into the sorority. You'd be like, Bob, hey, let's pull a little B&E. Let's go into their rooms, and they could be home. Like, you could look at them in the shower and shit, whatever, and let's steal their panties. Like, this happened so often in the 70s and 80s, there was a name for it. It was a panty raid. So the first thing the nerds do is a panty raid, and when they do that, and this, like you said, this is cover-up. When they do that, the gir- half the girls are topless, so they're, like, running through. And, of course, it's a form of sexual assault. So, like, the women are screaming and shit and being terrified. But, like, the guys are laughing and the audience is supposed to think, okay, this is cool. What they're doing right now is cool. They're making titty progress. You got a bunch of young, impressionable men who are like, so that's what college is like. Yes, 100%. I'm a little kid watching this. This is my first time seeing tits. And I'm like, I know I love those. I don't know why. My body is like, salute to those. Those don't look like me, but I like them. (laughs) So... Little do we know that the panty raid was actually, this is so fucked up. This is so fun right now, bro. The panty raid was actually to hide cameras in the woman's dorm, okay? So they go back and whatever. It's like, oh, we got panties, but who gives a fuck? Let's check the footage, bro. And then it's like a five-minute scene of, like, girls in the shower washing their titties, girls fucking just titties. But then... You hear the line that I'm going to repeat. Now that I'm going to say it out loud, it's crazy. The Asian guy says, we got hair pie. Now, (laughs) I'm laughing because this is insane to hear. It's lived in there the whole time. And I didn't know what the fuck a hair pie was. At like eight, nine years old, why the fuck would you? No reference. Now, if you guys don't understand, the way naked women look now is not how they looked in the 80s. They used to do this thing called having natural tits and having pubic hair, okay? Pubic hair essentially looks like, if you've never seen it on a modern woman, which maybe you fucking haven't, Mm -hmm. pubic hair looks like a fur piece of pizza that goes right, and it covers everything. There's no labia to be seen. There's no, it's just a furry, it's a beaver. That's why they used to call them beavers, guys. And then you see the shot. They're showing Bush in this movie. Now, looking back, it's probably a Merkin. Mm-hmm. A Merkin is a pubic wig. That was one of the first articles I ever wrote that blew up. I was like, let's talk about Merkins. But so a woman would wear it almost like to cover her vag, but it looked like a vag because it was a bush. Yeah. But they show like three bushes in that movie. And I remember being like, not even knowing how to react to that because like I had no basis. And it's not like a bush per se is sexy. It's not. It looks like a bush of pubic hair. Mm -hmm. But still, it was the fact that these dudes were filming these women's pussies without their permission. But this is the 80s. And I'm watching this movie, and I'm like, this is college. Holy shit, guy. You haven't even gotten to what is my favorite part of Revenge of the Nerds. Dexter. 
The little kid? Yeah. Yeah. They had one of those super genius yeah, take kids, the, everybody. Actually, take this. Yeah. So they had a, they have a super genius kid. His name... His nickname is Poindexter, but Lip, they call him Dex. Little Redhead. Yeah, they call him Dex or Dexter for short. And he's super genius. And there's a scene where um, the the gay character. The black who, gay who's, guy. Who's like, he's not into it, obviously, because he's he's gay. It's yeah. all women. It's kind of. So he gets up in the morning. and He's almost like that from The Odd Couple. He's like the straight guy. Yeah. Like the straight comedian guy who's like, you guys, did you guys even go to sleep? And then he goes to Dexter, almost like a kind of like a caregiver. Have, have you been watching this the whole time? And he's like 10 years old. And with a big smile, he's like, yep. Glazed over. Glazed over watching that. Uh, mate, like that's the other. So now we have like adding in like kids to this. Yeah, mix. kid shit is not cool. Yeah. So they're looking at the pussy, whatever, blah, 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 blah. Movie goes on. So already there's been really invasive, almost sexual assault type stuff happening. Almost. To this point. We'll get there. We'll get there. But it's interesting because you're rooting for these nerds. And as a young kid who kind of yeah. was probably a little nerdy, I was like, well, look at that. Look what can happen if you use your nerd powers for filth. So the movie continues. We'll, we're going to get to the part we have to get to. There's, you know, jocks beat up nerds. Nerds get sad, blah, blah, blah. We should bring up the pies. The pie scene. Yeah. Right before what you were just referencing. No, no, no. Talk about that. All right. So, um... Apparently, back in the 70s and 80s, a big thing was to raise money for a lot of stuff. So all the fraternities would do all these stuff. They would have these fairs, like uh, alumni weekend yep. at the college that I, I attended is this weekend. That's something they would do. And so they're selling pies. Everyone's selling pies, but everyone's going to the nerds pies. So they send the most, like, literally, like, knuckles dragging on the floor Neanderthal jock over to buy a pie. And his name was Ogre. They yeah. all called him Ogre. I always think about him. Yeah. And so he gets the pie, and they're like, what is it about the pie? And he's like shoveling it in his mouth. And he's, you know, he's, uh, uh, just, uh, uh. and then he gets to the bottom, and there's naked pictures of the women that, that they took from the recordings. And that's why everyone is buying the pies. And he goes, here's why, and shows them. It's literally like whipped cream covering a picture of, like, titties. Like, think about that, yeah. though. They're selling naked pictures of girls who have not consented to have their naked pictures sold. This is the opposite of OnlyFans, yo. And then at the same fair. At the same fair with his moonwalks. And by the way, there used to be these things called kissing booths. This is another thing that is dead to the world, but they'd post up like two or three cute girls at a kissing booth for like $2 and they'd give you little kisses on the mouth. How fucking weird is that? Mm -hmm. So anyway, main nerd, David Lewis, Carradine. Lewis, Lewis Skolnick. David Carradine, right? No, he was no, a but, but Keith Carradine. Yeah, was, yeah, his was brother. Say, yeah, he's Keith he's, Carradine. Yep. So anyway, he sees that the main jock guy has a Darth Vader costume on. Okay, so main nerd is in love with main guy's girlfriend. Okay, and she's in the moonwalk. That's what they used to call bounce houses when people had imaginations. They called them moonwalks. He goes in there dressed as Darth Vader, and she's like, "Oh, you came in here to see me? Well, blah blah blah." And she starts fooling around with him, okay, in the dark moonwalk. And he fucks her. And then she figures out that it wasn't her boyfriend. And catches feelings. Yeah, she goes with it. Oh, 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 you're not who I thought you were. Okay. Yeah, right in the right. middle. Right in the middle. And she's like, damn, you're giving good nerd dick, though. And so she falls in love with him from rape. Yes, no, you heard that correctly. I'm sorry to say it. No sugarcoating there. That's what yeah. it was. No, she got dicked down so good that the rape, she was like, this is my new shit. And then the movie ends with a big musical number. 
They do this lambda, 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 lamb, and they do like, and the gay guy's a guitarist. Clap your hands, everybody. It is everybody, but uh, come on. It's one of the, the best musical numbers. The electric violin. No, the whole thing. Don't watch the movie, but please look up the ending because mm-hmm. that and the use of Queens, We Are the Champions. That's the other thing. And the movie ends where they've raped multiple women, and the song is We Are the Champions by Queen. Like, Queen said yes. You know what? It's the way you said it, though. At the end, the nerds have raped multiple women, and they've conquered this campus. They've won. They're Vikings at this point. And they play We Are the Champions, and, like, all the girls kind of, like, realize the nerds are dreamy, and they, like, all pair off. It's fucking crazy, guys. It's almost like the victim of the rape passed around that nerds to give good dick. Yeah, and they all just, like, got fucking, oh. like, witchcraft-caused fucking, yeah. It, it's it's an unfathomable movie now. And this was me at, like, seven. And do I, okay, so ask me, do I think Revenge of the Nerds fucked me up sexually? Did it? Yeah, I think it did a little bit. I think I may have been a little too focused on pussy for certain points in my life. And I'll take ownership, but I would not be surprised if a part of that comes from the fact that this movie basically is pussy is God and do anything you can to get it. Now, did I ever do anything? No, thankfully, I had really good parents who very young were like, don't fuck around with drunk girls. Don't like, I'm very lucky for that. What you didn't know is that they actually watched Revenge of the Nerds when none of you guys were around, and they were like, we're going to have to have a talk. We have No, for real, though, We're going right? to have to have a talk with the kids. Or they figured out we did, and they were like, oh, shit. So, you know, it didn't... I, I think it made me a little more horny. I don't think it made me a pervert, per se, thank goodness. Yeah. But then, you know, let now, please, Bob, you let me talk for 15 minutes. That was my experience with Revenge of the Nerds, and by the way, I secretly considered that my favorite movie to, like, 11 years old. I think for what it is legacy wise yeah it's the way that you just described it it's kind of it's written not kind of, it's fucked up it's fucked up. It's, it's fucked up that that is a like coming of age it's considered a coming of age movie that you can still see though like no one's like it's okay, still on tv this has so much rape that we need to banish this movie at least and no you can still find it you yeah. can rent it i guarantee i guarantee one of the platforms mm-hmm. has it but it's just and so we've gone from one extreme, which is that, which is fucked. And Bob will mention some other examples. We talked a lot, so you can take an opportunity too. But it's crazy that that was normalized to us in some way, you know? But also, now, and this is part of the discussion too, the pendulum has swung so far in the other direction that now no one's making comedy movies or yeah. making raunchy jokes because of how cancelable it is. Do I think that's the right solution? No. I think there needs to be a medium, and that's kind of what I think this is about for us because we saw both. 80s sex comedies is one extreme. Where we're living now is another extreme. And and I've said it a lot uh, related to the show. Uh, Living in extremes is a terrible place to live. It's exhausting. On top of being exhausting, which it is, it's it's just a shitty, like, it's it's black or white. You're either either nerds raping women in every which way possible or you're just essentially it's like we're now it's essentially like we're back in the 1600s and we're puritans yeah no that is what's becoming yep it's essentially the epitome of conservatism about sexuality and well about there needs to be something in the middle like we can't condone rape we can't condone violating people's rights no but we we should be able to have uh movies and comedians being knowing it's okay to talk about the stuff that we all think about like, why don't you, an uh, older example and one that we have that you can probably talk about a little bit super bad, which is yeah. 
not as cancelable, but still jokes around with some heavy stuff. Yeah, because Remy and I were talking about that was essentially like the last time there was a sex comedy movie on such a large scale that came out. And uh, you want the plot? High school students going away to college or whatever. Last summer, they just want to fuck the hot girls. And they figured out the hot girls are having a party. And they said they would get beer for them. Therefore, they know they're going to be able to fuck bitches. Drunk bitches, too, which That's is still about it. Eh, But you know what? That's not. But where they saved it is when the opportunity came with the drunk bitches, they had that moment of morality where they said, nah, this ain't right. Yep. And I think that's how you save it. Um, one of the last problematic ones, actually, I want to toss this one over to you. Definitely for our generation was, I think, American Pie. Yeah. So what? tell us a little bit about American Pie, what's right about it and what's wrong about it. Oh, you guys are going to get real bored with these themes. High school seniors who haven't had sex yet want to fucking lose pop their cherries. That's it's like it's never yeah. different. Did you know Graham Norton wanted to make a, a homosexual version of that, oh, like that's... like a group of homosexual like senior males that want to get their butts, to, who wanted to pop their cherry? And whether he he was just saying that for the Graham Norton effect, or yeah. it was actually it was pretty funny. No, pretty and, funny. Th- yeah. yeah, yeah. So yeah, these young men, only one of them has a girlfriend, who he's fooling around with, but. Not he hasn't gone Still to sick. basic Be- level because his girlfriend, the train wreck of all train wrecks in hindsight, Tara Reed. Tara Reed, she wants him to just say that like he has feelings for her like she has for him. I think that's a very novel thing. Yeah, it was sweet. That's that's very sweet. But he's struggling with that. Uh, all of his other friends are just struggling because they're inept. Yeah, like they're so socially awkward. Well, no, not the dude who fucks Stifler's mom. He's always my favorite character. Oh, but he's like a Rat Pack guy. He's like yeah. a throwback. Yeah, he had a he's singular a, vision. He's a throwback. But I'm glad you brought that up because again, American Pie had everything. It had the band girl, essentially not raping, not not raping no, him, but being but, sexually aggressive. But she used him and abused him, and that was a great twist because that's what stereotypically men, men do. do to women. Yep, that was a great and and but he was he was okay with it. Like he was like a, almost like a badge of courage. I was used. But the only part I of used. I think American Pie that's really problematic is with the statutory rape by um, Stifler's mom. No, I have no issues with that because he consented <laughs> and he seduced her and he got what he wanted. I know, but no, I we, know we don't know exactly if he's legal or not. No, that's true. By the by, whatever it took place in Michigan. But it was that was scene like, when um, he fingers that girl on camera. He never fingers her on camera though. She but, just she's playing with herself. Oh, and he busts his bedroom. His nut. And he has it on a webcam, that, and so the, all the guys at the school are watching but her. Yeah, you can't see that. Yeah, shit. but that's that's still a problematic because it's again it's a violation of her privacy, which they play it off as like she oh well she's oh, ultimately she's just a sex fiend and is like oh okay yeah okay doing a yeah uh, um Shannon Elizabeth mm-hmm. and I I honestly think and this is another problem we run into in the late nineties I think that stuff like that like derailed her career yeah I'm not and I'm not saying like she was. To- we'll never know if she was no, a but you never saw her in anything outside of that shit. Because it was either that or Thirteen Ghosts. Yeah, I mean that was pretty much. I, I love I, Thirteen I, Jay Ghosts. And Sil- although, and the reason I say because she was fucking awesome in Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back. Yeah, yeah. So we have the violation of people's privacy. privacy. We have a pretty good representation of boomer parents. Yeah, they Eugene want- Levy. They- Eugene Levy. He wants to talk to his son about sex, but he does Doesn't. not know how to. Yeah. And, like, everything reeks of that. Like, when he opens the drawer, when he's getting his son, like, dirty magazines. Because, uh, he I don't know, he doesn't want him to watch the bars of the Spice Channel through the bars. But instead, like, he opens the drawer, and he sees a bunch of condoms, and he's like, oh, better than a tube sock, and walks out. Like, okay. Or the pie. Th- or yes, the pie, which is what the Muho movie yeah, is about. Yeah, fucking a pie. Literally, because his friend told him that the inside of a woman's vagina feels like warm apple pie. So he saw that his mom baked a pie. He starts fingering the pie, and then he decides to start fucking the pie. 
as again, Eugene Le- comes in as he's literally fucking the pie. And then the next scene is they're both sitting there with the what's left of the pie in front of them. And he's, well, just tell your mom we ate the pie. <laughs> that, that's what we'll do. But yeah, we were weaned in a time when like there was just sexuality was over the top. Mm-hmm. And I understand that in a lot of those movies, it's almost satirical. Like it's so over the top that it's like, all right, this isn't a real representation of sex. Yeah. But um, and and uh, one thing I was thinking of because uh, like you said that that ruined that over sexualizes you. I think a little bit, yeah. And and for me, my issue with eighties movies isn't so much that it over sexualized me. It's just it gave me a perception of reality that was not true. Yeah, like I would say that your stereotypical eighties movie is literally uh, down and trodden fellows will win in the end. And you're right; it's not very problematic. I think it. I think it presented us with realistic things that could happen, like yeah. the girl who was having her menstrual cycle, and uh, some of it got on the guy's pants, and he literally, because he has no experience with this, freaked out, freaked out, and and that's pretty normal. Shaming her, but yeah. without realizing, yeah, it. yeah. Uh, yes, the unintentional, and that doesn't make it right, or that doesn't make it less of anything, but yes, the unintentional shaming and stigmatizing of somebody because of a natural thing, yeah, that occurs. I want to go back to one that neither one of us talked about. Okay. Uh, Fast Times at Ridgemont High. Yeah, that did, but that dealt with... Um... And that dealt with some heavy shit. It tried to make it serious, but it didn't. Yeah. Like, in hindsight, it, it doesn't. Like, essentially, um, Jennifer Jason Lee gets an abortion. Abortion, yeah. Underage, which, I mean, that's just, again, that's not realistic. Like, an underage person has to get consent from a parent, and they, they kind of dismiss that. They also treat it like, a, like it's not that big of a deal. Which was interesting for the yeah. 80s because yeah. it wasn't really talked about too mm-hmm. often. Uh, I like how they they presented uh, the guy who basically bootlegs the tickets Yeah, as like he's this like, oh, this great guy. But when it actually gets down to it, she's down to, but she's down to fuck and he's never fucked anybody. Yeah. Like that's that's true. But let's talk about the iconic scene. The little young girl with the top coming off. Yeah. Now, everybody, every actor in that scene was legal. They consented. Uh, behind the scenes, she demanded that be a close set. Yeah, which is which. Kudos to her. Kudos to Phoebe her. Cates. Yeah, Phoebe Cates said, "Fuck you. This is a this is someone shooting it, and this is the this is like a director, and this is someone like a like someone to support me. Yeah. That's fucking it." But young girl shows her titties. Yep. And then uh, the guy's fantasizing about it, making the wink, and sit, he's watching her outside the window, and uh, she walks in. She walks in on him while he's uh, finishing up. Yanking the gherkin. Yeah, and she's obviously, like, mortified. But there's a lot wrong with, I mean, just etiquette. Like, eh, she she just walked in. Like, whatever. And the joke, the punchline there was, doesn't anybody fucking knock? knock yeah. You know? Well, he's beaten off to you. Yeah. And and Fast Times at Ridgemont High was about more than, it's more than a sex comedy. But I do. I wouldn't even put it as, I'd say sex is there, but it's more of just high school musical, the real version. <laughs> We're gonna fuck. Get an abortion. Get an abortion. Yeah, because cut I, it into portions. I'm, I am glad that you picked the movies. Yeah. Because, like, again, it's like I, I didn't want to spend time in just this particular episode. Like, well, how are we gonna define a sex comedy? Let's be fucking honest. They're all the like, same thing. Yeah, they're all the exact same thing. I remember what I want to ask you. This is important. I'm glad I, I got it back. Okay. So let's talk about the other huge problem with sex comedies now is the tranny joke. Oh, yeah, it's gone. 
and give your it's, like it's gone for a lot of reasons. Yeah, it's gone because again, it's taboo. Well, what is the tranny joke? The Think, tranny joke reference is reference some um, bachelor party. bachelor party. Bachelor party. By the way, for people who don't realize, Tom Hanks is one of the largest actors in the world up until. Oh, speaking of uh, crossdressers, the first show he was on. Oh, bosom buddies. Yeah, bosom buddies dressing up and dressing up in drag, dressing up as apartment. women to get the only apartments they could find were in female only housing. And they were they were reasonably priced, so him and his male friend dressed up as women so that they yeah. could live. And the whole joke was that the landlord would try to walk in because they he thought something was up and he wanted to catch to be like, ha! But even that, yeah, you can't out. do that anymore. I know now that's discrimination. But I digress. Anyway, 1984 was a banner year for Mr. Tom Hanks, Hanks. Yep. because two movies came out that just springboarded his career. The first one, Splash, Splash. a mermaid played Wait. by Daryl Hannah. Beautiful, oh, lovely Daryl Hannah. And she was, she's one of those people that her career in the limelight was not long, but it, when it was in the limelight, it was a good career. Do you like, know why it wasn't long? Uh, there's a lot of reasons. Um, she's autistic. I did not know that, no. Yeah, yeah. she came out. The way that she played uh, the mermaid in Splash, though, makes sense. You know what's That's why she was good though? for that role. Splash is super problematic. It's also another movie that, on, uh, that we've talked about on this show that has Eugene Levy in it. Um, that, and that's not why it's problematic. And I know that's not why it's problematic. He's, um, he's, he's a wonderful comedian. He's fairly safe. Mermaid washes up on shore. Tom Hanks takes her home and puts her in the tub. She can't speak English. She has the basic in intellect of a child. And um, she's hot. So for that reason, nobody necessarily has an issue with the fact that he's spicing up the mermaid. You know what I'm saying? But it's to, like to his credit, he doesn't take advantage of her and we do have to give the backstory that uh he fell off a boat when they were children and she saved and him. she saved him as a child mermaid and he's been looking for her his whole life yeah, it's like cute. like it's... That, that part of the story is wholesome and cute and and he doesn't take advantage of that person he helps educate that person and yeah, yeah, yeah. and all that and then decides to go live with them which is like okay so at what that's point at ending. what point does he drown and then that's why there was no sequel yeah uh, but anyway the other movie that he got huge on which remy referenced is bachelor party which is where literally tom hanks's character is marrying this well-to-do uh, lady, and he's obviously from the rough side of the tracks, but it's about him and his friends getting a penthouse apartment and literally throwing, like, the, raunchiest. The, the raunchiest party of all parties. At one point, his friend runs into a uh, tranny prostitute or stripper or whatever. Without it's, knowing, right? Without knowing, but the joke there is that we all know as yeah. the viewer. Like, there's, there's really no... It's, it's someone who, yeah, if you looked at them, it's maybe, like, 60-40, could be a woman, but as soon as they talk, I mean, they're not. It's like, wow, you're so beautiful. What's your Thank name? Thank you. My name's Tiffany. Not even hiding it. He ends up uh, getting oral sex. He gets a blowjob from the tranny, and yeah. he tells Tom Hanks' character he's in love and all that. And Tom Hanks is kind of like, um, oh, shit. Okay. Uh, so then the character comes out and, uh, like, oh, like, it's so nice to meet you, all that. Goes into the bathroom and standing up just takes a piss. And he's just mortified. And then the guy turns around and he goes, like, by the way, my name's Tim. I'm a mechanic, and I'm great with BMWs. And like walks out, and that's like the, the joke. But that was common. In that the, was yeah, that was a common joke. Like, oh no, a man blew me. Which I mean, if a man ever blew me by mistake, I'd be upset. But having that as a punchline now would get you eviscerated. Mm -hmm. But I think if it played out, even if it played out where it was more acceptable, everything else it played out the same way. It would be like a. It's not even worth the joke. Even like it's not like a okay. People, that's how a lot of that's like normalized now. Like, yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah, there's, uh, and uh, we can't forget the footlong. Do you remember the footlong? No. So the, his, uh, his bride-to-be 
and her mother and some of her friends go to a strip, like a Chippendale strip club. And they're, they, they're trying to fuck with them. And so they find this guy who works there who literally uh, supposedly has a 12-inch dick. Yeah. And so they basically put it into a sub roll, and he puts it on a silver platter, and, he, and he's bringing it out with drinks and everything. And, uh, and you know, the mom is the one who ordered the footlong hot dog. And then she, did you have, is that my footlong? And, uh, or I ordered the footlong, and he says, or is that the footlong? And his joke is, and then some. And then she's trying to take it off the plate, but then realizes it's attached to him because it's his appendage. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So that's the kind, that's the kind of stuff that went on. I mean, I think that there's a donkey who dies. From sex or something. From something in the movie. Yeah. This, yeah. I mean, it, it goes, uh, it goes really a lot. And then there's a jaded lover who's trying to sabotage the whole thing. And yeah. Like, you got to have some kind of antagonist. Yeah. And outside of herpes. <laughs> but yeah, that's, that's one of the two movies that springboarded Mr. Hanks, Mr. Hanks's career. And yeah, there's a lot of stuff that went on in that movie that again doesn't it's not going to uh, even come to anyone's it, even if it got to the point where it's it's in front of the board, it's like get the fuck out of here with that. Next. No. But I also think in the other extreme, like Revenge of the Nerds is a really brutal example and it's fucking exploitative and weird and creepy. But I also think that there would be there's a place for them if they're done. Kind of like super bad and done respectfully, but still fucking hilarious. Because mm -hmm. I think we're at a point now in society where we're standing on a precipice of the death of comedy as we know it. Yes and no. This is, again, my opinion. Yeah, yes, yeah. yes, comedy will change, but I also think that eventually the pendulum will swing back. Because I think it, I, I'm a strong believer in momentum of, of things. Okay. And eventually, like, the pendulum will swing so far in one direction that it just... It will reach that point where everyone kind of collectively goes like, what the well, fuck? Yeah. Like, this is fucking ridiculous. Speaking of where we're at, it's one reason why Dave Chappelle went through so much that he did. There was so much outrage and ire. Because he was still touching on shit that made still, people he was uncomfortable. still touching on things that people are trying to say, you can't touch on that anymore. And Chappelle, as an old school comedian, is like, fuck you. Don't I'll poke you. the bear. You're not going to tell me what the fuck I'm going to talk about. Yeah. And I love the fact that as it was treated differently with him, I think some of it's because he's he's a black male. Yeah, yeah, of course. So people don't want to kind of have that like, oh, we're canceling a black male. Uh, and he he's aware of that. But also, like, people were giving him an out that other people who get canceled or try to get canceled don't get. Yeah. Well, if he just apologized. And I love how he's like, no. No. Fuck you. Not apologizing. No, I'm going harder now. Yeah. I'm going harder now to prove a point to these people. And, and nobody talks about it anymore. That's what happened. Nobody talks about it, and he still creates comedy. Yeah. Well, and they need to be those brave pioneers. We, and that's the thing, like, I think you're getting at is that we need to have somewhere where there's more brave pioneers. Yeah. Because we're losing the brave pioneers. Yeah, it's true. And and those people knowing where to draw the line mm -hmm. between humor and fucking illegality, you know? I think there has to be a medium where we can laugh about sex shit, we can make sex jokes, we can make these comedies, but I don't think they need to be so fucked up and let me give you a different a different example of why we need people who push the boundaries and this isn't sex related richard pryor richard and richard pryor who by all accounts is arguably the greatest comedian in the history of the 20th century uh could not exist in today's day and age no, and, and i and i bring him up because people talk about it and they do say it but people try to protect him when he set himself on fire he was trying to kill himself that's he, what you think? He, he was, he was, well, I think it was, it was related to how, how 
the demons and his addictions. Yeah. Like, that's where it was. And he was so fucked up and he was so savage as a comedian, he made fun of himself. Yeah. Like, like I'm talking months after he healed, he's back on stage. He had he 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 physically no longer looked exactly the same. Of course. Uh, because he he legit bur- he legit set himself on fire. And he's sitting there like talking shit about himself. That is fucking that's stuff that again could not exist today. Yeah. Like someone would was someone who went through all that would put themselves in a cave. But yeah, no, and that's the thing. There will always be those people who say, fuck it. I'm gonna yeah. risk it all. You yeah. know? But I think But there's less and less. But looking oh definitely. And yeah. I, and but I think overall, you know, the message from this is looking back, we weren't shocked how problematic some of that stuff was because mm-hmm. we watched it without any of that, without being aware of any of that well we were young and impressionable and that was what was being impressed on us and they were always porkies one night stand there were tons of movies that did and, this. and the reason we really haven't brought them up to the extent of uh, revenge of the nerds is because they're all the fucking same they're all like, the same yeah revenge of the nerds unfortunately in there is kind of a decent movie in between all yeah. the fucking nastiness but yeah, we came up on that shit. We're pretty normal. Bob's got a wife. I have a girl in a box in my basement. Like, I think we're pretty normal people. <laughs> Did you ever uh, see uh, Nerds in Paradise? Revenge of the Nerds 2? Yeah, I thought it was so dumb. It, that's actually, I saw that before I saw Revenge of the Nerds. So different, right? Yeah. Nerds in Paradise yeah. has, like, it, it's not nearly as problematic. Yeah, but it also has one of my, like, all-time, like, childhood crushes in it. Who? Oh, I know her. Fu- yeah, 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 yeah. She was on Melrose Place too. She was on Melrose Place. She was the wife with um, Jim Belushi. Yeah, she was in that that show that was early two thousands. Courtney, I forget her name. Courtney Thorne Smith. There it is. Yeah, uh, she was lovely. She was lovely. And I again, thought she, she was, was average, but that's like normal. Like you but, get you know, different shit. But but that's my thing. Like I love the girl next door thing, yeah. which is also a very eighties motif. did want to talk about the only thing that i've seen recently that even comes close to this oh yeah you mentioned was a show that recently ended on netflix it had four seasons and that was a show that took place in wales which uh, most people forget wales is a sovereign country on in great britain yes on the western coast and it took place in this uh and it had like very quaint villages and it was about a bunch of high school students who were trying to sexually explore themselves and one of them, his mother is a sex therapist. And so he fi- figures he can give sexual advice for money to his high school peers. And uh, yeah, all the hijinks that ensue. And that show was, is called Sex Education. Now, the difference between that, because I, this is where it ties into the 80s. Their outfits and the music and a lot of the, the things, the themes of the show give you 80s vibes. It literally, you literally feel like you're watching a John Hughes movie. Oh, nice. That's that when I say 80s vibes, that's what I mean. It nice. feels, it feels like you're watching like at times pretty in pink at other times. It makes you feel like you're watching uh 16 candles at other times. It's the breakfast club and it's all, it's just kind of all of them to kind of like themes, all of them in and together where they updated it is that it's LGBTQ plus everything. Yeah. And, um, a lot of the story arcs are great, but then, like, the la- I was telling Rem, the first three seasons are great. First three seasons are great. The last season, like, they go to college where everybody is so woke and so everything that it's like, eh. But the thing that blows me away, and I was telling Rem this, is they show a lot of dicks in that show, which I, was, I thought was, like, interesting. 
Rob likes dick. They, they show more. They they show more dick than they do tits. Yeah. Well. Well. Here's my argument. I had an article that I wrote that um, Jezebel actually ended up quoting the feminist site, and it was about how there's been an exponential increase of penises in fiction, whereas mm -hmm. there has not been an exponential increase in labia. And that's fair. I don't think tits and dicks are equal. I don't. I think tits are tits, man. Half the girls got free the nipple on Twitter. They don't even give a fuck. That's just their titties. A vagina for a dick. And you don't see... And, I, and of all the things for Jezebel to quote me on, you know, you figured they would have quoted it like, listen to this monster. But they quoted it like, oh, he's making a solid point. Because a cock is a very aggressive thing. thing. Yeah, it's mm -hmm. just kind of in your face. <clears throat> so yeah. that always happens. I've seen a lot of cocks lately, but... But if you think about it, Rem, that's pretty consistent with uh, true feminism. Yeah. Because true feminism is about equality, equality for all. Not equality just for women, equality for all. More vaginas in fiction, please. I want to see them. And what they're saying, they're being consistent in saying, that's a good point. He's, he's right. Um, one thing that has come out of that, by the way, is in the early 2000s, the way that we were seeing male genitals was artistic. It was like I think of um, Eastern Promises. You yeah. ever seen that movie? Viggo yeah, the, Mortensen. The naked fight scene. Yeah, the naked fight scene in the bathhouse. And and because to me, what that is about is that is about vulnerability. You are about as vulnerable as you can be. Hundred percent. You are naked to the world. You have no weapons. They have weapons. And you are like that. And I'm just like, damn. Like on top of the fact, if you've never seen Eastern Prom Prom Promises, it's a pretty violent movie. Well, here's the thing yeah. too: is is post that though, and now you see the penis used for humor. Again, hence sex education. And like I told, I told Rem on the way here, the guy with the selfie, who accidentally hooks his phone up to an airdrop thing when he's at the college. Yeah, and he, it's a picture of a uh, of his dick that he took, and all of his, and like his best friend is is openly gay, and his best friend is sitting there in front of everyone, being like, "I want to support you, but why did you take a pic? Why is it soft? Why isn't it hard?" Like he's just judging him, and then they're judging how he cut his pubic hair, and 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 that too. Yeah, so I agree with you there. That yeah. yes. Yes, it it's their so punchline peckers. Yeah, but it's all right. Sex education is the epitome of showing punchline peckers. Yeah. On that note, take care. Funny ladies.